Welcome to Break the Ice with Mike Vogel, presented by Power Up Premium Trail Mix, the official trail mix of the Washington Capitals. Hey everyone, Mike Vogel here, and welcome to another edition of Break the Ice. I'm real excited about this one. I've always wanted to talk to this guy. Bill Riley is in town, uh, a member of the original 1974-75 Caps, and, and one of those guys who's part of the fabric of this franchise, who spent some time here in the in the dark early days uh, when this team uh, went through some, some rough times uh, on the ice. And Bill... Uh, such a pleasure to have you here. Uh, we, we have a lot of ground to cover and not much time to uh, to do it. And you and I had a little conversation in the hallway before we uh, started here. And um, you've had such a you, you've got an incredible story to tell. And we'll never be able to do it in half an hour, but we're going to tell as much of it as we can. I want to start with at the at the beginning. You, you you grew up in Amherst, Nova Scotia. Just want to know how your how your hockey love and and in your um, uh, your your start in the game got sparked. Well, I uh, I watched Hockey Night in Canada. The whole family did every Saturday night. We never missed it. Uh, there were six. It was a six team league back in the day, and uh, I knew the names of every player on every team. And of course, when you're out playing road hockey or on the pond, you know you were Frank Mahovlich or Gordy Howe or Jean Beliveau with the Rocket, uh, you know, and. Uh, but uh, I never played organized hockey, and it was always the ponds and the streets. And then my best buddy come by one time, and he said, listen, let's sign up for Pee Wee. I said, well, I don't have any money. I said, we can't, I can't play. I don't have any money. He says, uh, no, no, that doesn't cost anything to play. So I started playing Pee Wee, and uh, <laughs> I was such a brutal skater, they put me in nets. So that's how I started off, and that's how I got the, the, the spark. And then after a year in nets, I started playing out, and, uh, and then I started scoring goals. I, I could always score goals, and uh, I started scoring goals and basically went, uh, you know, through the Batum, Midget, Junior level, and... Uh, and that's how it all started. And you played some junior hockey, but back in those days, the the draft wasn't. It hadn't. I mean, the draft in the in the late '60s wasn't what it is now. It's it was a completely different format. And so I, I believe you you just believe that your your quote unquote hockey career was a thing of the past, and you you moved west. What what brought you west to Kitimat, British Columbia? Well. well like you say, uh, you know the, you know they could they didn't cover the territory back in the days. But I uh, back back when I left junior hockey, I wasn't ready to play it at a professional level, anyways. And uh, I went to Kitimat uh, because I went there to work, and the local senior team needed players, so they got me a job in the aluminum smelter. And I worked in the smelter. I'm trying to remember if I was there three years, three four years. And played senior hockey, so we would, uh, and I think we only, pra I'm not sure if we practiced once a week or twice a week, can't remember, but we played every weekend. And uh, I just tore the league up. I, I won the scoring race three years in a row, and, and uh, I set scoring records in the Pacific Northwest Hockey League. And uh, uh, professional hockey players would come in to teach hockey schools in the summer, and then we would have a pro-am game, and it was the pros against the amateurs. And, of course, I was still an amateur at that point. 
And uh, anyways, uh, I played with him. And, of course, you know, when the game was over, you know, I had three, four goals, whatever. And, uh, you, you know, you're sitting down, you're having a couple of pops with these guys and talking to them. And uh, I asked him, I said, do you think that I could play professional hockey? And they said, you could play professional hockey easy, right? And uh, so uh, I started writing letters, and Tommy McVie answered the, answered the bell for me. I love the guy. And uh, anyways, uh, I went to that first training camp in London, Ontario, and I believe we might have had 60 guys there yeah, at the at, time. At least. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you know, you get the, you get the papers, uh, <laughs> you get the, the stat sheets, and the, you know, the draft picks from the queue, you know, in the queue, guys got 40 goals and 60 points, and all these guys got these numbers, right? Well, I got big numbers, but they're from a league that nobody knows about. And uh, so my first year, I had a bit of a lack of confidence thing because I always thought that everybody was better than me because of the leagues that they played in, you know. And uh, anyways, uh, there were some nice things written about me in the paper in London, but I ended up in Dayton, and uh, and I was happy I was because I needed to go there to learn and to grow, and uh, and I was very fortunate. I played for Tommy McVie in the in the minors, and my first year in the minors, I think I had thirteen goals, fourteen yep. assists, uh, two hundred and seventy nine minutes and penalties, and uh, so I went home in the summertime and I said, you know what, I can play in this league and I can play well. And uh, so when I come back, they just, they, what happened to this guy, right? Because I ended up with, uh, I think, 35, 35 goals or something. Second year, yep. Made the all-star team. 301 and, pims, and you guys won the league championship, oh, gee, too. you know more about my career than I do. Yeah, and uh, and we won her all. We should have won her the year before, but yeah. we, we, you know, we had a, you know, a little issue. Lost but uh, anyway, anyways, uh, yeah, so... So, like I said, uh, when I do speaking engagements and I talk to kids and, and uh, when I coach junior kids and things, I told them, I said, that it's 90% mental. You'll be in the greatest shape of your mm -hmm. life, but if you're not right mentally, you know, you're not gonna you're not going to be successful. And once I got the mental part of it down, then I, I became very confident. Yeah, and you said the word right there, confidence is everything in this league. I was talking to John Carlson this morning. Yes. He told me, I mean, that was a quote from him this morning, a guy who's been in the league 10 years. Yeah. Um, I want to dial back just a little bit to that first year in Dayton because mm. that season, obviously, after training camp broke in, in London, you were sent to the Dayton Gems of the IHL, and like you said, that was the beginning of your pro career. But two months into that season, the, the Caps had hit a, a spate of injuries, and they sent Milt Schmidt, the GM, down to Dayton because they couldn't pull any more players from the Richmond team of the AHL. They had they uh, There was a, a limit on the number of young players. You had to have a certain number of players under the age of 26, and they, they were already uh, maxed out, and they were risking fines if they had called up any more players from Richmond. So Milt Schmidt goes to Dayton to ostensibly go there and bring back a player for the Caps, and he watched the games. And you didn't play in those games because you were, you were suspended at the time. My understanding was you'd come out of the penalty box to, to go after a guy. But whatever the reasons, he brought you back to play – Signed you to, I think, a, a five-game contract or a temp, one of those uh, tryout contracts that they had at the time. And that led to your debut in the National Hockey League on December 26, 1974, which 
was historic because it was the first time that two black players had played on the same team at the same time. And as you noted, the same line, you and Mike Marson. Uh, and you guys are playing against the Philadelphia Flyers. Broad Street Bullies. And, and they were the defending Stanley Cup champions. It was a rare sellout at the Cap Center that night. What do you remember about that that night? Uh, what I remember about that night was, like, the first NHL game I've ever saw in my life, I was playing in it. And uh, they put me on the uh, starting lineup, uh, on the starting lineup. And I was standing on the blue line, and I was shaking so bad that I was trying to hold, <laughs> I was trying to hold my legs. I, I you know, I said, I, I'm going to get the rubber legs here. And, I mean, I was just, I was in awe of the guys I was playing against. And I wasn't ready to play at that level at that time. You know, but that one game that I played at back then was helped me so much to prepare for the next yeah. time when I, I went. The next time I went, I was ready, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm very proud of the fact that, uh, you know, I got called up in January of that year. 77, New Year's yeah. Day. Yes, exactly. I uh, I ended the year with, uh, I, I know I had 13 goals. I don't know, I think I had 14 assists, assists whatever. I had, I had uh, 27 points, and I think I had 100 and some PIMS yeah, or and something. Yeah, only like 40-some games. Too. Yeah, yeah. And Tom M. McVie said to me, he says, if you get to play the whole season, you know, you're a 25-30 goal scorer. And, uh, and then, you know, I was voted rookie of the year. Yeah. And... Then the following year, I believe I was the first plus player in the history of the Washington Capitals. It was actually that rookie season. You oh, were, was it? Yeah, you okay. were plus four. Bobby yeah. Sawa was plus one, but yeah, yeah. you were yeah. you were the first guy to, yeah. to actually have a plus next to his name, and that yeah. that was the third, fourth season of this yeah. team's existence too. So, yeah. So I, I uh, so the thing was was that I was out in the last minute of the periods, the last minute of the games, all the time for defensive purposes. You know, I. Was, my uh, points, uh, goals per game was pretty reasonable, and I could fight, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, so the, when the time came when when I got sent down, I just said, you know, and as you talked about the Flyers and the Broad Street Bullies, back in those days, every team had one, and lots of them had two guys that were just there to get the tap yeah. on the shoulder once or twice a game, and I fought them all, you know. And so I couldn't really under digest the fact that I could do, I could play, I could fight, and I was good defensively. And I just didn't understand why I got sent down. So that's something that played on my mind for years, right? Well, I want to go back to that that seventy seven because when when you were called up, it was that again. It was a temporary thing. Yes, it was, like it was. A ten day ten, ten, ten game, game contract ATL. Yeah, and, and you played those ten games in. The, it shows how the schedule was in those days. You played those 10 games in 18 days. And so mm. on January 18th, you signed an actual legitimate NHL contract, the first one of your career. And the next night in Buffalo, the Caps had never won in Buffalo. They, they'd actually gotten spanked there 14-2 to one night early mm. in their uh, history. You had three assists, and, and the Caps beat the Sabres for the first time ever in Buffalo, and that was a really hard place to play at the odd small in rink. those days. And, yeah. and, I mean, that was kind of a career night for you. Uh, a couple – even going back a little bit further, you scored your first NHL goal against Eddie Jacquemin, Hall yeah. of Fame goalie. Yeah. That was at Cap Center. But um, you mentioned that you, you fought all comers, and, and you can go down the list of guys who – you know, routinely dropped the mitts in those days. And like you said, you fought most of them. And 
I think four days after that three assist game in in Buffalo, you had a Gordie Howe hat trick here uh, against the St. Louis Blues, and you fought Bob Gasoff, who was one of those guys that you just talked about. Yeah, yeah, he was a tough, a tough boy. God bless his soul. Yeah, he's no longer with us. But and uh, and like I said back in those days, you fought when it was over. It was over. You know, but uh, yeah, I, I have the score sheet from the uh, that night in Buffalo. I have the official score sheet where I got the the three assists. You know. But uh, I, to tell you, before that, like, uh, I was so excited about, like, Tommy said to me, the team was flying to Buffalo at 8 o'clock, uh, I think, leaving in the morning. And uh, he said that uh, Max wanted to see me at 10 o'clock. Max the, McNabb. Yeah, to, to sign a contract, right? And I'm, I was just, oh, finally, finally, you know. And so, anyways, I go in there. And like I said, just a hillbilly kid from Nova Scotia, didn't know a lot, didn't have an age, agent. And uh, anyways, uh, so Max, uh, he offers me uh, $35,000 with no signing bonus. I'll make a long story short. And uh, I said, well, Max, I got a wife and three kids. And I said, I'd like to have a, at least enough to buy a decent vehicle, right? So we were going back and forth and he and he says no sense getting an agent because you're not going to get any more right i mean he played me you know that's that was his job and yeah. uh anyways uh the um so it came down to the point where he ended up giving me fifteen hundred dollars for a signing bonus and then he uh he, he and i'm I was i was still trying to you know trying to like thirty five thousand dollars you're kidding me right but here's the deal he said i got Two airline tickets here. I got one back to Dayton and one to Buffalo. So you sign the one, you, you, you sign the NHL contract, you're going to get 35 grand. You go back to Dayton, you're making 11, right? So what do you do, right? Yeah. And then I did that, and I went on to be be the rookie of the year and things like that. And uh, and still next year, you know, I didn't get very much. Right? Well, to your credit, though, you you you. You may not have gotten much, but you got a multi-year deal, if I remember right. Uh, no, the not beginning that. Of the, next, the, the beginning, beginning of the, of the next, next year. year. Yeah, the beginning of the yeah. next year, I got a two and an option, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and uh, like I said. Uh, and you made the opening night roster that year. Yeah. So, so yeah. I thought you were going great guns there at yeah. the beginning of the 77-78 season. Yeah. And then there was an injury. Yeah. You, you, your leg got sliced up in the middle of a game. That happened uh, in Buffalo, too. In Buffalo, Jim yeah. Schoenfeld, yeah. who later was the Caps. Man, you got a good memory. Was the Caps coach. And, and uh, yeah. I, so so he slices your leg open. And you, tendon. You, my tendon. Yep. He severed the tendon, Yeah. And you finished the period. Before, you yeah. didn't even realize what happened until between yeah. periods when you took your skate off, and well, it was kind of a mess. What What happened was, yes, and I did play the period on it, and uh, the uh, uh, it was like a real throb and real ache, and and uh, I stood up and I was trying to shake it off, right? Because normally you can shake an injury yeah. off, and then I looked down at my skate and it was just covered in blood, covered in blood, and then uh, and it was that dark blood, you know, it comes from way deep yeah. down, and. Uh, when I took my hockey sock, my hockey sock was sliced, and I just took my hockey sock, put my finger under it, and lifted it up, and nothing, nothing there but bone, right? And that's when they rushed me to the Buffalo Hospital yeah, and, yeah. and did the uh, did the op- surgery, yeah, emergency sur- surgery, and I, you know, I, I ended up with thirteen that year too, but I played a lot of, I had to play myself back, yeah, like you know what I mean. So just about uh, a month and a half, yeah. And the thing was, was that had I. Had I uh, 
been healthy the whole time because I ended up with 13 goals again. Yeah. So I had been healthy, you know, I would have had no less than 20, 25. And, uh, the, and that's, like I said. It might have changed the whole story. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. And then, and then you go to the, the, the 78, 79 season and Tommy McVie is not there anymore. Yeah. He had been fired and Danny Belial was, was the head yeah. coach. And, and that was the season. I'm not sure why, but I don't think you played in the NHL until November. And then you played pretty much every game, it seemed like, until January. And then yeah, that was that was. Well, it. I'm not sure if it was a coaching thing or like. What are your thoughts when you well, look back on that? I, I, I never got much. I never got very much ice. Right. Mm-hmm. I, he never used me in in the in the defensive situations at the end of the games in the end of the periods. Uh, he never used me on the power play, which I, you know, I was yeah, like were. in front of the net. I mean, yep. there were some games I had three or four sticks broke over my back because back, we had the wooden sticks back in the day, right? So he just just you know just didn't give me the chance to show what I could do, right? Because I've always been competitive, competitive. And I, 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 like I used to play my son road hockey and we used to play little games to five, right? And I used to beat him five, four all the time, right? I, 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 losing wasn't in my vocabulary, right? And, and I just, and, you know, work, I could work, man. I, the harder you made me work, the harder, yeah. the better I liked it, you know? It just, I used to, I told Tom one time I, uh, I coughed the puck up in the, my own end of the rink, and Lafleur grabbed it, and bang! And we actually had the Canadians beat that night, you know, or, or I think that tied it. And uh, anyways, the next day we're out skating, and I'm being disciplined skating wise, right? And everybody else is off the ice, and he's skating and skating me and skating me. And I told him, I said, Tommy, I said that whistle, that little BB in that whistle will break before you tire me out. You know, and he just went, <laughs> took the sticks and gloves and just threw him in the corner and went off the ice because he knew he knew my conditioning, right? I just, you know, I didn't get tired. Yeah, you were known for your work ethic even yeah. then. Let me ask you this. These days, guys have coaching and skills and uh, skating instructors, um, skills instructors. What do you think that would have done for your game if you if you had access to something like that when you were – say 15 or so oh i think that if i'd had a skating instructor because i didn't they sent uh, the cap sent me to power skating school when i was 24 years old but if somebody had sent me there when i was 14 or 15 would have made a big difference uh the the personal trainers and things like that if i had my time back again i had a tremendous upper body strength i would have done a lot more i would have probably added you know two three four inches to each leg right to my quads and things like that but we didn't know about that stuff back in the time right and when that when that came about i guess was when the russians came over in that the team canada that time Summit series yeah that series and and uh that's when they taught canadians hey we gotta have we gotta have uh Conditioning off programs off ice, and and uh, we got to train in the summer because back in the old days, the guys just came to training camp and played themselves into shape, you know. And thank God, I mean, like that '72 series when uh, the guys, you know, uh, they were all over us in the first three, four games. Uh, but then our guys come back and won the series, which well, I mean, and that was that yeah. that was blood and guts. That's what that was. That was the heart that those guys, Esposito, and all those guys pulled that off, right? Yeah, that was uh, some of the best hockey. Even oh my day. god, there was like, nobody going to school and nobody yeah. going to work. Yeah, yeah, those were <laughs> incredible games. And yeah, there's a couple of great documentaries that that came out of that series too. That yeah, uh, are, are 
absolutely worth watching. But, you know, your career did not end when you left Washington. You were claimed by the uh, Winnipeg Jets, and, and Tommy McVie was there again. So, I mean, that's the third different team that you played for Tommy. Under, under Tommy. Yeah. Um, and even after the, the, the short stint with the Jets, you, you had several good years in the American Hockey League, and you played for coaches like uh, Bert Templeton and Orville Tessier, Doug Carpenter, guys who were career-long coaches, and, and you were a consistent 30-goal scorer um, who, like you said, you know, power forward, which, I mean, every team had, had to have those kind of guys in those days, the fearless um, guys. But I, I got to think that, you know, when you, you wound up in Moncton and, and were able to – tell me how you became a, a player assistant coach um, at Moncton – in the American League, and I have to think, because I don't know any different, that you, you had to be one of the first, if not the first, black coach uh, in pro hockey at that point. Well, I uh, I was the like I take great pride in the fact that I was the captain of the New Brunswick Hawks, who were Toronto and Chicago's farm club. Yep. I was the captain of Nova Scotia Voyagers, who were Montreal's farm top farm club. You know, and. You know, uh, for a black guy to be captain in those teams in a predominantly white game. In those days. Yes. And like Stevie Ludzik and Stevie Larmer, you know, Larmer went on to score 500 goals in the National Hockey League. And those, I'm still in contact with those guys today. And they call me the greatest captain that they ever played for, you know. And that, that's, that does my heart good. Mine too. Yeah. And uh, so the thing was, was I was a hard worker and I was honest and I was up front. And some of the coaches that you mentioned – those coaches had just came out of junior hockey. And you, I was the guy that had to sit down with them and tell them, you can't treat pros the same way you would treat junior hockey players. I said, and back in those days, the world hockey was, you know, just around. So guys, after the yeah, world hockey, saw, there were still guys that had five-year contracts, three-year contracts, all one way, big money back in the day. And you could do what you – those guys, hey, if they go home, they're still going to get paid. You know, so if you want to get production out of these guys, so that was that's what I do. And Orville Tessie to this day has made this. Orville Tessie has made the statement that uh, the biggest mistake he's ever made in his life was that he didn't take Bill Riley to Chicago with him when we when he won the Calder Cup. You know, and I say, hey, that's great and that's nice, but you know, and I did. I and then I got the assistant coaches tag with uh, the Moncton Alpines, which were Edmonton Oilers top farm club at the time, yeah. right? So, uh, like I said, it was just, you know, being honest and how they, you know, uh, like I said, I'll tell you a story. I was, for the first time, I was going to lead a team in goal score, right? And uh, I had the puck with an open net. And if I put the puck in, I'm going to be the leading goal scorer. Donnie Knockbauer was coming behind me, and he had this, we, we had the same number of goals. I passed the puck to Donnie. And let him be the leading goal scorer because that would be good for his agent to negotiate a contract or whatever. And uh, Donnie was on his way up and I was on my way down. So those are the types of, of things that I've done in my life to help kids along the way. And I got to give credit to Freddie Stanfield, God bless his soul, and Ronnie Shock, yeah. because those guys, when I went to Hershey, I had my lip down. Like all, a lot of other guys yeah. when they get sent down, I had my lip down. And I seen two veteran guys like that go down there and work their butts off and work their butts off. Those two guys saved my career. And that's when I became, you know, a bona fide, solid, solid American Hockey League player. And, like, when I went to Winnipeg, I laugh. I got a buddy that was a first-rounder that played for uh, the, the Leafs. 
He had 14 points in three in, in 13 games and got sent down. I was playing on the first line in Winnipeg when I got sent down. So we, you know, we just we make light of it, but it, you know, it was uh, in a life experience, right? And you yeah. just, you know, you just take the bumps in the road. Bill, uh, one of the numbers you wore when you were here, you wore three different numbers. One of them was number eight. There's a number eight who's here. He's got a little something for you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hey. I know you got to get going, Bill. I just want to ask you one last thing. Yeah. What is this weekend coming coming down here um, with your granddaughter, who was first captain of the Ryerson hockey team and um, works for the NHL in a pretty important role, I think, right now, and also um, being able to see the the Black History display at the Smithsonian and knowing that you're you're a big part of that. Well, it's uh, I uh, like I said, I I'm a, a guy that likes to hunt and fish all the time, and I I just sort of uh, disappeared and was you know in the in the bush or on the lake or river most of the time and i said to uh erica and uh, amanda I, I was hoping i would see them tonight to thank them for resurrecting me from the ashes and put a little bit of spark back in my life and to you know put a little pep in my step because uh sometimes you know uh, my grandfather always told me never forget the old guys right and sometimes you feel forgotten, you know, uh, you just say, hey, you know, you, uh, you did a lot of things. I never, ever refused to go and sign autographs or go work with kids or do in my life. I always felt that was very, very important to do that. And uh, so, like I said, this, I, I can't find the words to say hey, what this means to me. And uh, I don't want to start tearing up here, but uh, it's just... Uh, this has been a tremendous, tremendous weekend. It's, it's the best. This is the best time I've had in my life for a long time. Well, I can't tell you what a thrill it is to, to meet you finally after all these years um, and to sit down and talk to you. And, and hopefully we'll, we'll see you again here soon. Hopefully it won't be so long. Well, I, uh, I think I got to catch up on, uh, you know, uh, I, I just got the internet recently in my country home, and, uh, you know, I just sort of, like I said, kept to myself a lot, and uh, I just, uh, yeah, I, I want to join the alumni, I want to join the NHL alumni, and I'd like to get back into things because I feel I have a, a lot to offer, you know, a lot to offer, and uh, also meeting, meeting Coach Neal, I mean, I, I yeah. did see when he went into the Hall of Fame, and I always wanted to meet him, and I come from Canada and uh, Nova Scotia, and at one time, Nova Scotia had the largest black population in Canada, because that was the Underground Railway, and they used to come up through there, and for me to go to uh, to the ho ball hockey thing, and the, uh, the ball hockey clinic, the other day and then the practice the other day i never seen that many black children or, or, or kids of color with hockey sticks in their hand and it it, it hit me right here and uh, so the washington capitals are, are, and uh, coach neil are, are doing a tremendous job tremendous job and uh like i said it i this is one of the greatest honors in my life you know to be able to come back here and be treated the way I'm treated. I just, you know, like I said, I, I thought I was a forgotten soldier, you know, and back to see everybody. And, you know, Paul Malvey, an old friend of mine. And, 
you know, uh, just uh, that old teammate and, uh, you know, to see the guys. And Peter's been so good to me. And like I said, the two girls there, Amanda and, and uh, Erica, uh, just, uh, I, I just I can't find the words. Well, it's been great to have you here. And thank you so much for sharing your story and your stories with us here. And like I said, we hope to see you soon. Thanks, okay. Thank you very much. This has been Break the Ice with Mike Vogel, presented by Power Up Premium Trail Mix, the official trail mix of the Washington Capitals. If you like the show, please leave a review.